Alice Travers, and thank you for tuning in to Coaches on a Mission. You know, I created this show to help you, a values-driven coach, build a business that makes a difference, a difference for your clients, for you, and for the people you love in your life. So one thing I say often is that you cannot build a business with free stuff you find on the internet, and that includes this podcast. So even though every episode is rich with insight and tangible actions, it's just not the same as following a structured, proven, values-aligned path that leaves out all of the guesswork, which is why I would love to invite you to apply to join me in The Hive. The Hive is a year-long mentorship program designed to give you truly the step-by-step tools and actions you need to really make this coaching thing real. So if that sounds dreamy, I cannot wait to talk with you. You can apply to join The Hive and book a one-on-one call directly with me at dallastravers.com forward slash apply. All right, now let me introduce you to today's guest. Janet Fox is a published author and a book coach who helps kid-lit authors build their storytelling confidence so that they can achieve their dream of writing a novel. So Janet's private client roster is pretty full, and she's ready to create a course so that she can help even more people. Now, Janet and I talked through whether or not her business is really at a place to support a course launch. From there, we looked at how she could co-create a course with her students instead of waiting to launch a finished product and hope that folks will just buy it. And then we wrap things up by getting very clear about who the ideal client for her course truly is, because she tends to serve two different clients that are in very different places on their book writing path. All right, so this conversation is jam-packed with action steps that you can apply to your own business, especially if you plan to expand beyond one-on-one coaching this year. So if that's true, get ready to take some notes and apply the 3X course strategy on your own. All right, here's Janet. Hey, Janet, welcome to the show. Thanks, Dallas. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, me too. I'm excited to dive into our conversation because you're in an, like a, I don't want to say peculiar because it's a great spot to be in in your business, yeah. but it is a little bit of this middle zone, right? So I know we're right. going to try to solve that problem today. Before we do that, you are about a month into your Hive membership. So how yeah. has it been going so far? Well, I absolutely love it. I have been going through all of the high videos and training. Mm-hmm. I've reached, um, I've passed the the um, surge uh, section of the modules. I just love it. I love the community. I love the spirit and the energy, and I love everything I'm learning in the in the Q and A's. It's been so instructive. I feel like I'm on a vertical learning curve. Oh yeah, well, yeah. you're moving so, really fast because yeah. typically we anticipate folks finishing client surge at the 90 day mark. So you're yeah. ahead of schedule, but part of that is because you're established. So why don't we talk about that? Can you share? a little bit more about where you're at in your business and what problem you want to solve during our conversation today. Yes. So I started coaching 
in spring of 2020, an interesting time <laughs> to start this. And I had my first coach almost right away, even before I opened officially opened the business. And I've been able to find clients pretty easily because I've been writing, been an author, mm-hmm. published author, and I've been writing for 20 years, 20 plus years. So I have a number of books out. I have a lot of connections in the author community. I write for children and young adults, mm-hmm. picture book all the way through young adult. And so I've, I'm coaching in all of those age ranges, all of those okay. genres as well. And so I love coaching because I've always loved teaching. I've been a teacher, high school teacher, middle school teacher. I've taught in a number of webinars, seminars, workshops. I have my MFA in writing for children and young adults. So I am pretty established in one section of my career. Yeah. I want to now grow my coaching in a different way. I've done only one-on-one coaching. So I'd like to grow this in a different direction. That's yeah. that's my goal at this point. Yeah. Are you at the point now, Janet, that you don't really have bandwidth for more private clients? I like to be at around six clients. That seems to mm-hmm. be a comfortable place for me. I can handle that one-on-one. I critique pretty quickly. Um, mm-hmm. I can see the problems pretty clearly, pretty fast, which is <laughs> nice. As you probably know, with writing coaching, it's a little different than some other coaching careers yeah. because I live coach every two weeks. We spend 30 minutes or more if the client needs it discussing what we're doing. And then I go back and edit coach their work on paper. So there's a lot of off live coaching time that I spend, but I can do that pretty quickly. And I love working with people um, one-on-one. So that's been fun. I love teaching. I love seeing the light when they go, oh, that's what I need to do. (laughs) That's fun. So I I think it's just a question of how, what direction to move in, in terms of groups, communities, how to build that. I, I don't know where to start really. It's not a question of bandwidth as much as path. Yeah. Great. So for our listeners, I want to just reflect what I'm hearing. Great. You are in a place in your coaching business where sure you could take on another private client if you wanted, but you're very clear that there's an opportunity here for you to scale so that you can impact more people, but also Lean into some of those natural skills that you possess as an educator and and teaching a large group or even creating a course. Yes, it requires our knowledge as a coach, but it is a different skill set than that one-on-one coaching. And what I'm hearing you say is you're ready to layer that in. And because you have been able to reliably bring in private clients. You know that now is the time to start thinking about scaling. Did I get it? Exactly right. Yes. Yes. Great. So there is so much talk in the online coaching space about scaling, right? It's kind of become this buzzword that a year or two ago, I actually looked it up in the dictionary because I thought, we're all talking about this, but do I know what it means? And I didn't because I thought scaling just meant growing, right? Mm, right. I thought it meant just like you move beyond one-on-one and that's part of it. But the definition is to grow without feeling hampered. Oh, I like that. 
And I think it's that hampered piece that as values-driven coaches, we care a lot about. So I'd love to help you brainstorm and maybe even come up with a plan to grow without being hampered. I love that. I love that. Cool. Yes. Great. So how is it, if you could imagine yourself, we're not thinking about what it looks like yet, but rather how it feels for you. So if you can imagine yourself with a scaled business, how is it you want to feel as you're showing up inside Mm. of that program? Oh, what a great question. I love that question. I want to feel like I am helping the most people understand what it is to write a children's book and how to write a children's book. I'll give you my my statement after <laughs> reading yeah, it. Yeah, so, sure. I haven't um, memorized it, but I help kidlit authors grow story building confidence. Confidence is a word I hear all the time. Yeah, so that they can achieve the dream of writing a novel that kids will love, and hmm. and so. Part of that, there's sort of two parts to that. One is this confidence building and and getting over imposter syndrome, but also having the knowledge base because a lot of people come in thinking writing for children must be easy, and it's not. It's it's hard. Out writing any novel is hard, but writing for children is is as hard as it is to write a literary novel for grownups. So yeah, there are ways to teach it. There are ways to learn how to do it and how to master the skills. And I, mm-hmm. I just love I just love having people see that. I've I've had a couple of clients who've written absolutely gorgeous novels that are being shopped right now and I'm I'm very excited for them. Oh and that's yeah. what I want to see for more people. Yeah. Yeah. So what I heard you say was you want to look at your scaled offer and know that you're creating an environment for these writers' confidence to grow because the gap, yes, there's the imposter syndrome piece, but it's also this knowledge gap. Yes. So if I really understand what it means and what it looks like to write a book for kids, I'm immediately going to be more confident. Yes, exactly right. Yep. Got it. it. Yep. Got it. Okay. So what's the feeling attached to that picture for you? A feeling of satisfaction, a feeling that I can Mm. accomplish more with less. That I can actually reach more people with less effort, that the effort will have been done, that I can I can create the container and I can create the the way to handle that container, the way to deliver that container and reach more people with less effort on my part. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Abs- that's that's growing without feeling hampered to me. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. So for our listeners, I just want to walk you through the steps we're going through. And this is organic, right? I'm just like using my coaching skills here. But so far, the first thing that we identified was that you, Janet, are actually, yes, in a position to begin scaling. How yes. do we know? Because you can bring in private clients reliably when you want to. Number two, before we start thinking about, is this an eight-week course and are we charging 997 and all that other stuff that happens way down the road, right? how do you as the host, right, as the facilitator, how do you want to feel in the experience of this program? And for you, it's all about satisfaction, 
because you can see that you're filling that knowledge gap for folks and therefore you're able to help more people with less effort. Yes, that's exactly right. Yes. So when you dream and scheme about what the scaled program might look like, I'm not going to hold you to it, but what does, what comes to mind? Well, I have several, I've started thinking in several different directions and this is where I, I need help. One of them is to create a complete course over a period of months where I would deliver the course but then interact with the people taking the, the, the students in the course every so often, whether that be once a month or every two weeks. I haven't yet figured that out. Whether this should be a three-month course, a six-month course, whether they do it on their own, whether we meet more regularly or more frequently, I haven't figured that out either. I love your model of meeting often enough to take those questions and answers because that live coaching part of it is really important. And I think Mm -hmm. people learn from, I know I learn when I'm in the hive listening to other people's questions, I learn from their questions and your answers and how you spin off each other. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really valuable. And if I were teaching in a classroom, if I were teaching an MFA program, for example, that's what I'd be doing. I'd be doing workshopping and then bringing the work back. So how do I do that in this virtual environment? How do I structure it? How do I get the word out about it to bring clients in who would be interested in that? How do I bring people in if they're brought in piecemeal, like one in September, one you know, in October, that kind of thing? So it's, a, yeah. it's mainly a structural problem, I think. Yeah. If, if that makes sense. All right. So... From where I'm sitting, you sound pretty clear about what the delivery might look like. Can I tell you what I heard? Yes, please. So what I heard you say was, as you develop the curriculum for this program, and to be clear, everybody, Dana, the curriculum is developed. You do it all the time with your private clients, but now we've got to make some worksheets and some videos and there's like production time, right? Exactly. As you produce the, we'll call it the evergreen content, right? Yes. You want to create and deliver that in real time instead of spending the next several months home alone with your laptop, creating it before you (laughs) actually test it on, on any students. Well, that's a good question. That's the Mm -hmm. question that's sort of at the heart of this, because I keep hearing, is it about evergreen content? And mm-hmm. should that be the way to go? Or is it about delivering in real time? Is that the way to go? Or is there some sort of combination of the two yeah. that bring the two together? What's the strategy there? Great question. So here's my take. And this, you can dive a little bit deeper into this training inside of Course Catapult, okay. the eighth course inside the Hive. It's called the yeah. 3X course strategy. And what okay. I believe is... Mm, I'll say it this way. The mistake a lot of course creators make is we get this big idea for a course, then we go and we make it and it's really pretty. And then <laughs> number one, like we, we don't have anyone to sell it to, right? Or right. if we do, because it hasn't been road tested live with the group, there is likely something missing from the content. And then we have to go and make it all over again. I'll give you a concrete example of this. So with client surge, 
the first time I, I was delivering it live, right? And so we'll talk about what this 3X strategy looks like, but I'm delivering it live. And we're talking through the sales call formula. So I'm just like, bup, 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 bup. Here, here's what we're doing. And someone had a question and they said, okay, I just want to make sure we greet them first, right? <laughs> and I realized, oh, right. If I'm giving you the step-by-step, I can't skip any little steps. No, right. And had I just gone and created that video, I would have set people up for confusion. Right. Right. So this is why I recommend when we're developing a course that eventually can live on a platform that people can log in and access at their own pace, we create it three times, which sounds like more work than it is. Phase one is the best the course will ever be because you are invested at a deeper level as the teacher than you ever will be. This is where you deliver it live. Mm. This is where, and now we're testing it, right? Where have I forgotten to include things? Because to me, they're obvious, but Mm -hmm. to my students, they are not. Mm -hmm. So this is low, low tech, high, high touch. It's almost as though you're co-creating the program with your students. Mm. So you deliver it live in a webinar format or? Yeah, yeah? let's talk that through. So again, low tech. All right. So I think what you need is an outline on a Google Doc that folks can use to follow along. Okay. Yeah. And a Zoom account. So the first time you deliver this, everyone's going to meet on Zoom. They'll have the content outline for that particular week. You'll teach it live. And then uh, where it makes sense, right, you'll stop and take questions. Great. Okay. So let's imagine that your live classes are on Tuesday. Yeah. Before Friday of that week, (laughs) have some time blocked off to integrate and apply the notes, the observations, the questions questions. that came up on Mm -hmm. Tuesday. Mm Because what we're doing essentially is workshopping this curriculum Mm -hmm. so that when you're done delivering it live for the first time, mm-hmm. you're mm-hmm. ready to go and create evergreen videos. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. in doing that, I am creating a course, advertising it in my social accounts and in my emails to and letters to invite people in. And if I get 10 people, I get 10. If I get five, I get five. But it's still a practice. Is that is that what, what I'm hearing? Yeah. Let's make sure to talk about marketing. I'd like to just focus okay. on like the creation okay. and the delivery, and then we'll have a marketing conversation. Perfect. Okay. But my answer to your question is yes, you'll promote it. And then the first time we deliver it, it's to some very lucky people because you're, <laughs> tu- you're, you're tuned in in a way that yeah. you just won't ever be again. Right, right. So we're not calling this a beta, like that's inaccurate, right? Because you are really going to be there live with them. Gotcha. All right. So can we go back to this 3X strategy just so that it's clear for everybody? Great. So phase one is low tech, high touch. All we need is a Google Doc and a Zoom account. We're delivering the curriculum live in a workshop setting on Zoom every week and taking questions. Great. We take our notes from each session so that we are now ready to design training videos. Great. So 
The second time you launch your course, the course you'll be selling will be kind of like the hive, right? Access to all of the modules and trainings. Gotcha. Pre-recorded so people can go at their own pace. And I do recommend having live Q&As on a regular basis just to help people really run through tape and troubleshoot and all of those important things. Yes, because all those Q&As do raise the the, the essential questions that people are not yeah. getting, that they're not understanding about whatever writing craft technique I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah it's true, yeah. right? Yeah. I think it also illuminates where we thought we were getting it, <laughs> but we actually aren't because right. of a question somebody else asks. It's really right. valuable. Right. Yeah. Yeah. As an example, I'll just give you a a craft example. When I'm working with a client and their main character isn't acting as they should in the course of the story, I say, well, your character doesn't have agency. And more than one client, when I first use that term, will say, what? (laughs) Agency what? (laughs) A real estate agency? What what are we talking about here? (laughs) So, and I realize, I of course have realized now, you know, so I use it and define it than the first time I use it. But I realized that a lot of people don't understand terminology like that. And and because I'm far enough in my career, I do. Um, So I have to explain those, those things right up front. Yeah. Um, That's a great example. Now, Mm -hmm. if I can ask you another question that's related to the delivery in writing, as writing is a different coaching niche, most of what we do, of course, is as I said, off camera, as it were, would I take homework from students then after these individual webinars or meetings or whatever we want, workshops, I think is a good term for it. Um, What would you suggest there? That is the golden question here, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think it depends on your intention, your values, Right. Mm -hmm. And you're going back to that question about how do you want to feel? Like you said, you want to feel satisfied. Mm -hmm. So here's what I mean. A lot of coaches who teach on course creation Mm -hmm. will tell you that the goal is to have the course be completely do it yourself and Mm -hmm. totally scalable. And now Mm -hmm. you're like living on the beach and watching updates (laughs) on your Stripe account. Right. (laughs) And that model can work for some people. Mm-hmm. I have a, a former colleague who has a course for calligraphy, right? Teaching people mm-hmm. how to write in calligraphy. And that mm-hmm. can really be pretty self-guided. Yeah. But for others, having a completely hands-off experience just doesn't align. So you'll have to then, and let's talk through it. My first question is like, how aligned does it feel for you to not review anybody's work? It doesn't feel right. It feels like I'm not giving them what they need. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I need to have some way to give them feedback. Yep. I agree. So with that in mind, how do we now roll it in so that you can grow without feeling hampered? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So a couple of thoughts, and then I'd like to hear yours. Number one, you could have different tiers of the program where maybe tier one is I get is there's a a structure for peer feedback and maybe Mm. tier two there's I'm going to pay more for this but I do get 
feedback from you. Mm. There could also be a world, because I know you know some other book coaches, mm. where you actually outsource the feedback. You hire other coaches to do yeah, that piece. Good. I like that. Yeah. I think having peers critique each other is a, an issue. It's always been an issue in our yeah. in our field because, as you know, when you have peer critique, if those peers are not aligned, not operating from a place of prior knowledge or expertise or consideration and kindness, which is a big part of coaching writers. I mean, mm-hmm. it, coaching writers is much like what you do. It's very much partially therapy and, and yeah. you know, being considerate and thoughtful about how you're approaching because writing is such a personal personal endeavor and there and some people who are, are feel very attached to their writing and so to teach them how to unattach and look at it critically is mm-hmm. is important so i think i think it's important to have that expert eye on things honestly yeah 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 so another yeah. po- i agree with you on the peer piece because a lot of you'd have to have a whole section on training people on training. how to give feedback yeah i think so and now it's a it's like a different program right yeah but there could be some room for you to share formulas for self critique yes definitely right? yes but I think there's just an opportunity here as this program grows for you yes. to bring on other book coaches to do the yeah, critique yeah, piece. I like that. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Or even colleagues who aren't book coaches necessarily, but who can, who are good yeah. editors. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, that's yeah. really exciting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I just want to circle back for a second for our listeners on the 3X course strategy. So that third time you launch your course, if it makes sense and feels aligned, Mm -hmm. you can launch a course that's completely Mm self-guided. So for some course creators, that's where we want to go. So we launch it first where we're really low tech and super Mm hands-on. That second launch, the videos, the curriculum lives on a course platform and now you're doing Q&A. Mm-hmm. And then for some, that next phase would be like the course is totally locked Never down. Free. It's really mm-hmm. valuable and you can go through it on your own. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Wouldn't it be great if you could just build your business focusing on your strengths? I see too many coaches struggling to fit into a certain mold and they ignore the easy path. So let's put an end to that. What I want you to do is go to dallastravers.com slash quiz. I've put together a 45 second superpower quiz designed to reveal two things. Number one, the very next step in your business, whether that's list building, client attraction, or scaling with a course. And number two, the natural strength you possess to help you accomplish that task. When you get your results, you'll also get a custom built toolkit with actionable items you can put in place right away to finally make this growth path simpler because you're doing what you do best. So the link again is dallastravers.com slash quiz. Go and check it out and then let me know on Instagram how you scored. Okay, so 
when we started to get into the nuts and bolts here, the question you had was around like, how do I structure this? You had another question about rolling enrollment, but let's first just go back to structure. What if any other questions do you have around how you might structure this program? I think it would be around timing um, and delivery of content because there's everything from the person who doesn't really understand what a picture book is to the person who has three manuscripts in middle grade that aren't working, but they don't know why. And that's a, that's a broad spectrum of, of experience and understanding. And so I can start at the very, very, very beginning and define all the, all the parameters of what a book is and, and in fact, what a children's book is. And mm-hmm. that's, the, that's the simplest entry point. Or I can just gradually move people into what a, a novel is what makes a novel character and plot and world building and voice and and all the all the other things that you need to build a novel it's so it's a it's there's a lot of content abroad across a broad sort of spectrum of prior expertise on the part of the students so okay yeah who is the client here Who's who my is, ideal client? Yeah, yeah, who is the the ideal client inside of this program? So I would have said if, if this was one-on-one coaching, I would have mm-hmm. said someone who knows how to write and knows how to create something but doesn't maybe understand how to structure a book or what a picture book really needs, who is editable and coachable because they need to learn more, they want to learn more craft, but they don't have the complete craft knowledge and I can help teach them that. Got that it. Makes sense. Now yeah. there is a whole nother spectrum of people out there who want to write a children's book, but they <laughs> don't know how to even begin to define what they want to do with that. And they, yes. and they yeah. And that's mostly picture book writers, people mm-hmm. who come in thinking that they're going to start by writing picture books because they're easy, which they're they cute. Oh, I think they're really hard. <laughs> they're really, really, hard. really it's hard. Like writing, yeah. It's like writing poetry. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's you're really right. Hard. You're yeah. right. So this is really important. We have to know who the program is for. Yeah. Because yeah, if yeah. we don't, the program can become massive. Exactly. Right. Says the woman who has a massive program. So like for the record, okay, I get it. But I wanted to create this soup to nuts, intensive year long experience for newer coaches. Yeah. Yeah. But so I, when I answered the question, who is this program for? The answer to that question informed the scope of the content. So I should think whether I want to frame this for the newer writers, the the real beginners, or the more experienced writers, or both, and do a soup to nuts. Yeah, you could. You may find that there could be room for a, let's call it a foundations program. Oh, I love that. I love that. I love that. So there could be room for a foundations course that could be pretty much self-guided where it's like, oh, here's yeah. all the, here are the basics. This is what you need to know in order to be successful in the bigger program. I could create that in a week, honestly. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's great. And so then you could have this foundation course and it becomes a top of funnel 
like it's an income generator. It definitely doesn't leave those beginners high and dry. And it sets the right people up to continue the work with you without watering down the experience for the dream clients you really want to work with inside of this container. I love that. That's, that's perfect. That's perfect. Great. Just what I'm looking for. Great. Okay. So is there anything else you want to address around the structure? I think, well, let me articulate what you just said okay. <laughs> so that I, that I can see if there's anything else that I, I need to ask. If I create a foundations course, which I love and I really could do easily, it would mm-hmm. be you know, a very basic introduction to what children's books are, how you write them, what you're looking for if you want to write for children. Very yes. basic. Seriously, I, I can see it being a, a short course that would take maybe a month for someone to go through it at mm-hmm. the most if they went at a reasonable pace. Then the question becomes, do I offer to take homework from that? Probably not. I'm thinking not. I'm thinking that that's a self-contained course. And then I introduce a, an intermediate course, for example, yes. where we talk about more specific craft issues at that intermediate level and then an advanced course where we really get into the true end member writing things that that a literary novelist would want to know for example yeah. or someone who's who's really at that level that higher level yeah. I love that I, I do love too. that I do too yeah so it's yeah. A, it just a container for the, for the film. And that again, I could introduce right away and see what happens with it. Yep. Would you suggest this again, using your three tiered system? Would you suggest me trying it out in that fashion? Oh, I'm on the fence and here's why. And actually I just realized I'm making an assumption that I need to check in with you on. The assumption I'm making is that the program that gets you excited to deliver is not the foundations program. It's when people are at least in that intermediate phase, if not further along. Correct. Is that accurate? Okay. Correct. But but so many people need that foundations program yeah. in order to get to the intermediate stage. Yeah. They don't know they really do, but they do. Yeah. Yeah. I think my suggestion around this, because these people don't know what they don't know, and you really understand what the foundations are, it might make sense for the foundations course for you to skip step one, create the training videos, right? And then so people sign up, they get all the training and you've got maybe six weeks of Q&A for them as they go through the program. I love it. And then you can take the recordings of those Q&A calls and build them in to the final evergreen version of the course. I love that. I love that. Great. Yes. I do too. Okay. So are we still growing without feeling hampered with this plan? <laughs> I am. I could okay, do, I, I, when I say I could do this quickly, I, I have actually secretly already started. I mean, I, yeah. because I had a, a client, potential client coming in. And I read his submission and I said, this guy needs the basics. Yeah. And, yeah. and how do I deliver that? And so yeah. I began to write it because it's, yeah. Yeah. Great. It's Great. needed. So before we talk about marketing, let's address this question you had around rolling enrollment. Yes. Yeah. So if, again, if we get to dream and scheme about what ideally you want this program to look like, 
Does that ideal picture involve rolling enrollment where people can join anytime, or would you rather follow a more traditional launch model? That's such a good question. I don't know. Maybe you could yeah. advise. <laughs> yeah. Well, honestly, I think the way we find the answer to that question, well, you have to launch it first anyhow, yeah. right? Like when it's ready, you have to promote it. And now we've launched your program. So what makes sense to me, Janet, would be to begin with the launch model. And so then you're going to be in the experience with these people to really get a sense for what kind of questions come up on the calls. How much are people really moving together in step Right. And then that will really inform ideas for allowing for evergreen enrollment um, or even confirm whether or not that's that's a possibility. So the hive has evergreen enrollment. But when we first when uh, excuse me, rolling enrollment. But when we first launched it, like I introduced it and we had a cohort of people sign up for the first time. But what we saw pretty quickly was not everyone was starting exactly at the beginning. Right. And some people just with life circumstances had more time to devote than others. So they just moved right. at a different pace. Right. So that launch for that rolling enrollment format just made perfect sense for the structure right. of this program. But I had to learn that through delivering it. it I don't know that it was a, an informed decision I could make ahead of time. I think it's probably going to turn out very similar uh-huh. to your experience that people will come in with very different skill sets and and baselines and will need more or less and will have more or less time because uh, like a a lot of things, writing is is secondary in most people's lives. It's not their career choice because frankly, it's not a lucrative enough career choice (laughs) to be the first. Yeah. 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 That makes sense to me. Okay. So maybe there's a world where Mm -hmm. rolling enrollment makes sense. Let's launch this thing. Mm -hmm. And then when you have people in the experience, you'll know, like, you'll know what kind of container you need to create to support rolling enrollment. Right. Right. Yeah. The re- a big reason why we have rolling enrollment for the hive is I believe that you know when you're ready, mm-hmm. and I don't want that to dis- that decision to be based on the card date. closing date that I chose. Right? Yeah. So that just feels more values aligned for me. Yeah. Yeah. And I have a well, feeling you might. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the way you've set up, structured the material and the delivery, and and your Q and A's, uh, you know, your live coaching, I think it works so perfectly. It's, yeah. it's just right for that. Great. It's, it's a model I, I like to, you know, emulate, honestly. Great. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So here's what we've talked about so far. And now we're going to shift to a marketing conversation. Yay. The first question <laughs> to ask yourself before you scale is, am I ready? You're ready because you, we've ticked the box on private clients. So now we get to grow. Number two, address how it is you want to feel in the experience of this scaled offer. And now that becomes the litmus test, right, that we run all of your other decisions through. Step three is to design the container. 
Step four is to deliver the container through this 3X model so that you're co-creating the program with folks, ensuring the best quality training for them. Step five, and this may actually belong earlier on in the process, but you've got to answer the question, who is the client? (laughs) So that you can design a program for that person rather than a program for everybody. Yes. And now step six is to follow a mark, a launch plan. All right. So I want to just reassure you that inside of course number eight, inside the Hive course catapult mm-hmm. is the step-by-step process for launching your program. Oh, so great. We can, we're going to talk about it today, but all of those little details, we've got you covered inside of the Hive. Okay. Oh, great. great. Okay. So... How should we begin this conversation around marketing? I have a question I'd like to ask, if that's okay. Oh, yes. When you think about the first time you are going to deliver this program, how many students would you like to have in the first round? So if we're talking about this foundation course that we just discussed, okay, it could be as many or as few as mm-hmm. needed, because I think, again, it's a deliverable that I can create very easily and I can set up Q and A's and it can be a rolling enrollment situation where people yeah. can read the course material. And if they didn't make the first Q and A, they could either see the tape or log mm-hmm. into the next one or the next one. Uh, um, so I think that it could be as few as one or two, it doesn't matter, or as many as 10 or 20. Again, it doesn't, it doesn't much matter. That's, that's the kind of course where, mm-hmm. um, and I've, I've given workshops like this yeah. within my community where, you know, 20 people will show up, but then 10 people will see the, the video after yeah. the workshop is over. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. so that's, that's fine. It, it, I'm not, you know, focused on a, a number, I think. Sure. The reason I ask is because typically what you can expect when you're selling a group program, this is not applicable if what you're selling is private coaching, but when you start to scale, the size of your mailing list matters a lot. One to 3% of your list Mm -hmm. will buy whatever thing it is you're selling. Mm -hmm. So if you want 20 people in the program, right? You're going to need at least, what is that math? 2000? What's 1% Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. 2000 people on your mailing list? Which I don't have. (laughs) Right. If you want five people in the program, Mm -hmm. right? Then Mm -hmm. that's a, that that number goes Mm -hmm. down quite a bit. Mm -hmm. So I think the first, we've got two things to really prioritize. Thing number one is designing, outlining the actual programs. And as you're doing that, we've got to really prioritize building your list. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So how big is your mailing list today? It's it's growing because I've done a few things lately to help it grow. So it's over 300, which is way better than it was even months ago. (laughs) That's awesome. That's great. Great. So 300 people on your mailing list. Mm -hmm. I think it would be worthwhile to have at least five people in when you're like testing this, right? Yeah. So 
three, what's, uh, now I have to do math in public, which is just so exciting yeah, for me. 500 points on my mailing list. Maybe. Yeah. Right. So 500, but that'd be 1%, a 3% yeah. conversion rate, right? You're looking at, I mean, less than 300 subscribers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, so I want to invite you to set a launch date, knowing that, that the goal here is around five people. Okay. All right. Now for our listeners, if you hear that and think, I'm not launching a program to just five people. I want 45 people. Keep in mind that one to 3% of your list is going to buy. But for Janet, what we're doing here is building some infrastructure. Exactly. Right. Okay. Okay. And a way for me to, to, um, alter or, you know, do things differently, deliver differently, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we're like moving in the direction of having a course business Yes. Right. Yes. So, the, so it, it. So you don't mind so much about having fewer numbers. It's not about getting a lot of people in the program right now. It's about having a structure to create this exactly. program. Exactly. Yeah. yeah got I, it. I feel like I need those baby steps in order to really yeah. feel confident about what I'm delivering. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Great. All right. So uh, the next step is going to be pick a date for your like what what is day number one of delivering the foundations course. Then we back into a promo calendar around that. Oh, good. I I recommend 90 days. So I'm going to make this easy for myself. Let's pretend that like June 1st is going to be day one of your class. Okay. That means you would need the month of May, the month of April, and the month of March to prepare for your launch. Great. I love it. So why 90 days? Number one, this program does not exist. You need time to create it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, now you've got 90 more days to focus on list building so yes. that you can have more potential people to enroll. Yes. And then number three, your audience needs to be nurtured and yeah. primed to be ready to buy when you open doors. Perfect. Great. Yes. So... I mean, we could have a, I feel like this whole, like how to market your launch is actually a a podcast episode for another day, Mm. but Mm. I'd like to kind of high level it for you because I know you've got the training inside of the hive. So is it okay if I just like high level that 90 day process for you? I love it. I love it. Okay. So starting at 90 days before your course begins, this is where the majority of your time is spent on getting really clear on the course content Got it. and understanding who the audience is for that content so that the content you're putting out in the world on social to your email list aligns with the thing you're going to be selling in 90 days. We begin Perfect. warming people up. Okay. The other big priority 90 days out is to identify promo partners who in your world could be good candidates to promote your launch when it happens. Mm, mm. And we want to reach out to them and get confirmation about whether or not they're available during your promo dates. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So if day one of the course is on June 1st, you're going to have your webinars the second half of May. 
Oh, okay. Okay. So when you're confirming promo partners, you're like the, the marketing period is going to be May 15th through May 30th. Okay. Okay. Now we move into 60 days before the launch. This is where you really dig in to design your launch webinar. The webinar is a free class that anyone in your world who's been gobbling up this content about the foundations, right? Yes. Um, anyone in your world can sign up to attend this free intro class. At the intro class is where you will present your offer to then sign up for the program. Okay. I think it takes, if you are a person with a life, right, and other responsibilities, mm-hmm. you got to give yourself a full month to develop your webinar. Okay. Because you can't just sit down. You don't have a big chunk of time to just sit down and knock it out. It also needs to like percolate in your mind a little bit. Yes. Right. So we continue putting out content that warms up your audience for this, this topic your webinar is going to be about. And then two months before the launch, you really focus on developing the webinar The month before the launch is when you start to get all of your promo materials together, which consists of social media posts, invite emails, and content for your promo partners. Okay. So that two weeks before the webinars, you're ready to start marketing this free event. After your webinar is over, you pivot, and then you market the paid course for up to two weeks after your webinar closes. Okay. So that's a very high level roadmap, an explanation of why we're 90 days out. Right. But you have all the content like step-by-step inside of the hive. So I don't want you to worry. Great. Yeah. That's what I need. Yes. Great. Yeah. All right. So it sounds like we're going to grow without feeling hampered. The first step to that is rolling out a foundations course. Yes. For people who feel like they want to write a children's book and don't know where to begin. Yes, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Great. Exactly. I love it. That's exciting. I know. Really exciting. <laughs> I good. know. I feel like I've Is got there something any- to work for now. <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah, me too. Is there anything else you want to ask or share before we wrap up? Oh, just a, a, a slightly technical question. Yeah. Um, in terms of the content of the webinar, would you say mm-hmm. that I am delivering a portion of that foundations course, an introduction to that foundations? How? How? What do you see in the delivery of that kind of material? What's what's what, a, what works the best? What a great question. So there are a couple of ways you can approach this, depending on your style and depending on like what your audience needs. Mm-hmm. So one approach would be. If you looked at the foundations course, right, Mm -hmm. and I'm Mm going to make this up a little bit, but let's just say the foundations course has five steps to it. Your webinar could highlight all five steps, but not go very deep, right? So the webinar might be the five things every children's author needs to know before you write a single word. Perfect. Perfect. So the other option would be to go really deep into one of those five modules where you're almost teaching the module, yeah. right? Yeah, and the way, you position, the way you position yeah. that might be, um, there are five, welcome everyone to this class, right? I want you to know that there are five important foundations you need to have in place before you ever write a word. 
here's what they are, and you just introduce them. And then you say, because of our time limits today, I'm going to take a deep dive into step three. Here's exactly what you're going to learn. And then for those of you who would like the complete roadmap, don't worry. I will invite you into my program called ABC Program, right? Where Mm -hmm. you can learn all all the other four steps. So I tend to choose that second option because the webinar actually feels more valuable. Content rich. Yes, that's the word. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I like that too. I like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So because the then I think the audience really gets meaty. They really get the meat yeah. of the program. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. And so their experience is, wow, if this is what I learned in this free workshop, I need the whole course. I'm really, I trust Janet. She knows what she's talking about. I've, I have traction already. Yeah. I'm ready to go. The possible pitfall that you want to really pay attention to is we don't want to fool people into thinking that they now know everything they need. And because <laughs> that content can be so rich, mm-hmm. sometimes it can create that misconception for people. Mm-hmm. So you have to really make sure you communicate there, there are five pieces here, and we're only touching on the on one of them today. I love it. I love it. Great. Yeah. Thank this you. This was so much fun. You're welcome. Yes. Yes. Welcome. I, you really got my juices flowing. <laughs> I'm so glad. I look forward to many more conversations over the next 90 days with you inside the hive yes. as you begin really diving into this launch Me plan. Me too. Cool. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for coming on the show today. Thank you, Dallas. Thank you so much for tuning in to Coaches on a Mission. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, follow, rate, and review. Do all of the things (laughs) to show your support for this show. It is so helpful for us, and it also helps other coaches find this show. If you want to take this episode further, please follow me on Instagram. I'm Dallas Travers Biz Mentor, and every week I turn our episode into a week-long mini course on my Instagram page. It's designed to help you apply what we talk about during the episode to your business in a super tangible way. So let's be Insta friends. Head on over to Instagram and look for my new handle. Again, it's Dallas Travers biz mentor. You can do that now and you just might find some funny reels while you're there. So believe me when I tell you it'll be worth it. Okay. Thanks again for tuning in. I truly appreciate that you make time to listen to this show and I hope you have a wonderful week.